You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome back to your favorite hour of the week. This is the Hourhead Pride Podcast. Pete Sweeney here with the player, Sean Barber, and the blog father, Joel Thorman. And it's an interesting week for the Kansas City Chiefs because they are playing the lowly 1-8 New York Giants. Ian Eagle, Dan Fouts on the call this Sunday, noon, Arrowhead time. But guys, we're off the bye week. You guys have had some adventures during the past week. Sean, why don't you talk a little bit about where you went? Oh man, had a had a great adventure. Um, a salute service tour. I was able to go to uh, Bahrain uh, through Kuwait City. Um, visit about eight different military bases, hundreds and hundreds of different service members, service men and women. Uh, just to salute them, tell them how much we appreciate them for their service, and also to teach them a couple of nutritional and some some flexibility and some yoga and some things that. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. You were teaching nutrition and <laughs> yoga master. Hey, man, you know what? That PT training is it's just they run clicks. They run miles. They do some burpees. But when you talk about fine-tuning your body, cores, and, and balance and stuff, uh, sometimes the military misses out on those things. What was your biggest takeaway from your trip over there? Man, just how, uh, I mean, you know what? How blessed and grateful we are. How much, uh, how, how thankful we should be on a, daily, uh, on a daily about our freedoms here in this country. Nothing more, nothing less than that. All right, Joel, why don't you talk about your trip? Well, it's tough to follow that up because <laughs> I went to Ireland where I had like nine beers a day. Ooh. So it's not exactly the same thing as Sean, but... Every place I went was a dry. It was dry country over there, so it was like hard as own. So you way. guys had polar opposite vacations. Polar opposites. Yeah, yeah, it was fun though. Miss Arrowhead Pride and I went for a few days. Great country. Get away from the, the blog life. Right? Yeah, yeah, totally didn't do any blogging for a few days, and now I feel like almost like out of it. You know, as I'm, I, was, I was preparing for the podcast this morning, it feels like I've been out of the loop for like months, but it's been six days. Yeah, it was just nice to get away, and it allows you to kind of plug back in and get re-excited because I think after a while, you know, you're nine games in, you're a little bit tired of football, but then you come back and you're kind of jonesing again, so that's how I feel. But here we go. We're back. It's Chiefs and the New York Giants. Let's go right to the news. I think the biggest news as of this week is that Daddy Nicholas has been elevated to practice again. And again, he was on the PUP list. So now there's a three-week window where the Chiefs have to activate him to the 53-man roster or he'll be done for the year. This is a linebacker, Sean. What do you think of Daddy Nicholas? Man, you know, I had the opportunity to evaluate him and grade him when he came out of college. Definitely when we got him as late in the draft as we did, tremendous upside. I um, just haven't had a lot of chance to see him on the field. Um, I think he definitely possesses the school, the, the tools and techniques and um, the skill level to be an uh, impact player on definitely on passing downs. But against the run, I think that's probably his downfall. So if the Giants come, you know, we go to the Giants and, they, and they, they're featuring their running game, I don't think Daddy will be in there too much. I, I don't think they'll activate 
him for this game. You know, they they took that step right away with Tom Bahali, but this is someone who had been you know, working out consistently. It seems like daddy had just gotten back into it. Right, right. I, I expect it to, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a few weeks at least. And it was a really serious injury um, that, that he had. So uh, what kind of player will he be when he gets back? I think that's, um, you know, still to be determined a little bit. But I, I just think of that, like, first step, like you said, passing downs late in the game when, you know, Tamba or Zamba or whoever needs a breather. You know, I think daddy could potentially be effective there. But, yeah, he's not, he's not a full-time guy yet. To your point, he suffered this injury on January 1. It is now November 16th, and he's just starting to practice. That's a long time, Yeah, not only to not be doing anything physical, but away from the game. Yeah, your timing is one thing. I know when I came back off my ACLs, the one thing that always bothered me was my timing. Subconsciously, when you prepare yourself to hit somebody, yeah. it's almost it's almost a, uh, you don't even think about it. Your body prepares to get hit, and you just, you just strike, and you take the guy down. When I came back from my injuries, every time I came back, it was just a, a half a second off. And sometimes I would knock myself a little cuckoo just because I wasn't really prepared for that impact. And it took me a, a few weeks of, of, of just hitting somebody and getting that timing back down. I think that's the one thing he's going to have to get back in. Hand movements, off the ball, getting off that rock, just being just, you know, where it's not thinking anymore. It's just football. Yeah, if you hear that sound, what we're doing is recording the podcast in the West Plaza neighborhood. And obviously some lawn work outside, so we're going to have to battle the elements a little <laughs> nice bit Nice little Thursday. There you go. Daddy, Daddy Nicholas uh, could be on his way back soon. It remains to be seen. Other injuries that I think was a little bit of a concern because you have this bye week, you expect to come back fully healthy. You have Alan Bailey, MCL, Albert Wilson with his hamstring, D Ford with his back, and Tom Bahali, you're kind of used to him not practicing uh, certain days of the week. Again, didn't practice for the Chiefs on Wednesday, but you would have liked to see all these guys practicing. All of them were sitting out to come back. Yeah, um, I've, I've, I'm starting to lose a little bit of hope on D Ford uh, just because uh, he's been out for a few weeks and there's no talk of him coming back anytime soon. In more ways than one, too. Yeah. I mean, even when he's been on the field, right. I mean, he, he's got a little bit of he, – he's coming out to me as a case where it's almost like maybe this is a guy who needs like a scenery change – uh, like a sort of a restart of his career because he's been injured and when he's been on the field, almost non-existent when it comes to affecting the game. And that's the last thing you want in an outside linebacker. Yeah, we're here we are in week 11, and I can't think of, I mean, this is horrible. I can't think of a single play D Ford's made this year. In previous years, he's affected games, but just this year, nothing. Yeah, I think if you just look at it, you know, if you, if you tell me it was week 11 and these we had four guys on the injury sheet, I think we, we would all be satisfied. I mean, look at some other teams. They have, you know, 12, 13 guys on the injury sheet. You know, I think relatively the Chiefs have been very, very uh, um, healthy and, and kind of avoiding any of the serious injury bugs. And the one injury that's, you know, taking somebody off our roster was our kicker. And butt kicker has definitely made that up. I'm almost like we upgraded. I, I've been having a little bit of a Cairo Santos watch. I know who's going to get a job at some point. I've been watching the kickers around the league. That's a really good guy. I mean, I understand the Chiefs got one in Harrison Butker, and we can all can agree that. Cairo's a great guy, though. I hope he gets another job in this league, and you hope it's not for an AFC West team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if we look at the, the progression of our kickers. So we're moving from Suckup to Cairo, and Suckup is doing great for Tennessee. Hopefully, Cairo Santos does a great job when he goes to somebody in the NFC who needs a kicker. And now we've progressed on to Harrison Buck kicker. So I'm um, looking forward to just continuing the ways we've been doing very positive in our kicking game. I think the expectation for this game is I agree with you. I don't expect D4 to play. Alan Bailey and Albert Wilson, at least according to social media, they seem a little bit more up 
I think they have a possibility of playing in this game. I expect Tamba to play. We've been used to seeing him miss practices, and then all of a sudden he's ready for the game in previous years. I expect him to play, and you're going to need him with D Ford out. Definitely. So let's go to the game storylines for this game. The Chiefs are back to a routine. Most games throughout the rest of the year will be at noon. But the thing is, we've seen two versions of this team this year. We started out 5-0, and and you had a lot of confidence going into game six that they would just keep it up. And then you saw the 1-3 and three last four games. So will the real Chiefs please stand up? Sean, what do you think about this team? Hey, man, we, uh, go, go back to the quarters. We need a win in third quarter. Um, this is going to be game two of the, of the third quarter. Um, we need to get back on the winning uh, winning streak. We need to start the the momentum. You know, when you go into that postseason, uh, it's not really what your overall record is. It's who's hot, who's coming into the postseason off of a seven eight game win streak. Those are the teams that when they get to the playoffs, everybody's scared to play. I don't see like that big of a difference between the two Chiefs teams that we've seen. Uh, you know, they they've played some pretty good competitive teams. Like no shame losing at Dallas or against Pittsburgh. I think those are both really good teams. Um, so you know, I just think it's a matter of like the small bounces going your way. But you can't help but look at uh, the second half schedule, um, which eases up quite a bit. So I think from that standpoint, you're more likely to see that first half of the season, Chiefs, the team that started, you know, five and zero. I think they can beat up on some bad teams and leave you with maybe some false hope entering the playoffs as usual. <laughs> well, spe- nice little fall in Kansas city. <laughs> well, speaking of bad teams, it's a bad team on Sunday. The giants are one and eight. They're coming off, off a loss to the 49ers. They're right now in the top five in the NFL draft position. But of course, Andy Reid asked about playing the giants this week and he remained humble. Look forward to the, the challenge of playing the, the giants and, um, I've got, you know, I've had a few games against them. Uh, record never matters. You just go play. Um, they've got good talent, good coaching on that team. So um, we're going to prepare ourselves uh, to go play against a good football team and and uh, in a hostile environment. All right, we got to take care of our business first, first and foremost. You know, we, we've uh, we got things we need to take care of, clean up as coaches and players, and so that's that's what we're going to do. We're, we're studying them and. And, uh, and, you know, so, but at the same time, we're, we got to make sure that we, we look in the mirror first and take care of our, our business. And um, yeah, that's where you start. Now, you guys are fans of Arrowhead Pride, but the opposite blog this week is Big Blue View. Yeah. They actually were laughing at, at that. Yeah, they uh, they laughed at a couple of things there. There were, there was a question. I think it might have been a little later in the in the press conference when Andy Reid was asked about the Giants' defense, and he just you know was like, "They play hard. They sure play hard." <laughs> and that's one of those things, like, "Oh, you know, that's do they play hard?" Yeah. Though? And then also, um, you know, we 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 do this uh, weekly exchange of five questions with the opposing blog, Big Blue View. And this week, uh, one of their questions to me was, "How well do uh, Chiefs fans travel? Like, do you think this stadium is going to be all Chiefs fans?" So I kind of laughed at that hostile environment comics. I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be plenty of red there. I have friends in New York. You know, pull the curtain back a little bit. I grew up a huge New York Giants fan. A lot of my family and friends are New York Giants fans, and they're questioning whether or not they're going to go the rest of the season because it gets cold in New York. You have nothing to play for. You're almost rooting for them to lose at this stage of the game because once you get eight losses, you're not making the postseason. So I think there's a chance, again, on another road game, you get a lot of Chiefs fans, at least maybe 30%, 40%. That's what I, what I would guess. Yeah, and it should be easy to see in those, you know, with uh, compared to all that blue in there. Um, yeah, no, I, I think there's going to be plenty of Chiefs fans there. Plus, the only thing is they go back to New York in two weeks. So 
Right, and it could be I'd a little bit probably better. Probably rather of a game. go to the to a Jets game than a Giants game. Could be a point. little bit better of a game against yeah. the New York Jets. If you're a huge Chiefs fan, like we see in Kansas City, you happen to live in New York, I would go to both games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's right there, you why not and go you to can both? Probably games. get like eight dollar tickets for to the Giants game. Now, one thing I do to prepare for this podcast is I'll listen to the other teams opposing press conferences, and something did stand out to me. Listen, I think, and uh, to tease a little bit, I do think the Chiefs will beat the Giants, but something did stand out to me about Coach McAdoo this week. Listen in. Uh, message to him in the meeting. Uh, we had some, uh, some, some open uh, conversations, some hard talk, some, some plain talk, some simple talk, uh, played some film, and we're brutally honest with each other. Um, we'll see how the players respond. They had a nice day of practice today, uh, but we, we also talked about the great opportunity in front of us. Uh, you know, I'll read, I'll read a little bit. I know you like when I pull my notes out, right? <laughs> so I'll read a little bit here to you. I can find it. You know, we talked about being disappointed, but being determined. Uh, we've, you know, these guys, these group of men, are, they're special in a lot of ways. They've been fighting through adversity their whole lives. Uh, the players and coaches to be sitting in that room is unique. And we talked about running to adversity. Uh, that's where we are in the season. We're halfway through. We have one win. Let's run right to it. Uh, we're blessed to have the opportunities that we have seven more weeks. Um, you know, I think it's a great opportunity. It's probably the greatest opportunity in my life these next seven weeks. You know, a lot of doubt out there, uh, whether it's in the building or not. Uh, but there's doubt definitely on the outside. So we have a chance to flip the script last seven weeks. This seemed out of the realm for the New York Giants. And that, I don't know, that scares me to have this, like, epiphany meeting right before you play the Chiefs. It feels like a desperate coach to me. <laughs> he even brought his notes that he said to the team to the press conference. Uh, that just – it. To me, like I read that as as just total desperation. Um, like, is this going to be after eleven weeks, you know, or a season and a half? Is this going to be the the right button that he's pushing? And this one and nine team is going to finish, you know, six and ten? Like, I doubt it. Sean, did you ever hear words from a coach that changed the mentality? Uh, luckily, I haven't. Uh, luckily, <laughs> I, I don't think I've been on a team that needed it. Right. Um, because I mean, we we played as professionals, man. You out there playing, uh, no matter what the scoreboard is, no matter what the record is. Each snap, you have the opportunity to make it, a, you know, make a big play to add another um, uh, a stat to your own, uh, rep, you know, repertoire um, to make a big play. And when they talk about watching film as a team and just being very accountable, I mean, it, it's very, it's almost blatant what you see when you saw the Giants last game. I mean, just point out a, a specific player, right? Janoris Jenkins, right? He's a cornerback. Every time the running back came, his his lack of physicality as a tackler on three or four touchdown plays was just awful. It wasn't a professional football player. It was a guy who's on a high school level out there bending at the waist, opening the door, and just letting the guy continue to go. You cannot call defenses. You cannot play with 10 guys on the field on a defense when one guy is just refusing to even show up. And this is supposed to be one of your better players. Yes. Yes. That's one of your defense leaders. He's one of the guys. He's a lockdown corner when he plays. And to be able to coach and call plays and and, and defend – another NFL team when you have somebody playing at that level, that's probably one of the things we say, hey, we got We have to like address this. We can't just overlook it. We can't just go by it. We have to really put it on film in front of the whole team and ask the man, uh, man to man, are you going to play like this? If so, we're going to deactivate you. Because we can't, we can't have anybody playing. That's not a, you're not playing like a You job. might as well play with guys looking to gain an opportunity, like on a practice squad. Always. Than these starters who have gotten complacent. This, this feels like a speech that works with like a four and five team who still is sort of in the race. Like one and nine, I don't think there's anything a coach says that can, can turn this around. Like it's lost. It's so obvious it's lost. They lost, you know, seemingly lost the locker room weeks ago, suspending multiple players. I think that this is this just reeks of desperation to me. 
Well, it's a bad team, and to make matters worse for the New York Giants, they're playing Andy Reid off of a bye week, and that gets us to our next storyline. 16-2 and two in his career off the bye week, but ask Andy Reid about it. He doesn't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. I have no idea on that. I, I don't know that. I'm not even sure what the record is, but I, I don't uh, – I mean – I don't know what other teams do. I, I don't get all that. I, we just kind of do what we do and then uh, try to get better. I, I mean, if I had to pick one thing out, that's what you try to do. Andy's got no idea what the record you is. You try to get better. If I had to pick one thing, that's what you do. You try to get better. Like, he's not wrong. You do try to get better. <laughs> he, he, he said he had a seat and be humble. That's what he did. He listens to himself. Hey, he tells his guys all the time, hey, be humble. Don't. You know, you, you don't you don't blow your own whistle. You just kind of sit down and be humble. Let everybody else talk about how good you are. So, to him, it's probably a little bit of a credit for the uh, the media and for the reporters to keep bringing up he's sixteen and two after about week. He probably just smiles on the inside. And I don't I don't really pay attention to that. I'm just preparing. You know, I mean, it speaks to his ability to like be real with his own team, look at what they do well, and fix their problems. You know, when and when he has the extra time, he's actually going to use part of it. And to me, that really highlights like a huge part of this game is that Andy Reid's just such a better coach than. McAdoo, man, it would just it would be a colossal, colossal upset if the worst case scenario popped up. That's our next storyline. I, I do want to discuss that. Chiefs open up as 13 point favorites on the road. That is almost unheard of. They're down to about 11 now, as, as according to Vegas. But what would a loss to the Giants, that's the worst case scenario, mean for the Chiefs? I mean, in some ways, like even if they lost to the Giants, I think I'd still probably pick them to make the playoffs, but it would just cement the idea that they're not going to do anything in the playoffs. I mean, it would be, it wouldn't be catastrophic, I don't think, because there's, they'd still be six and four and they'd still be kind of right there. But for any Chiefs fan who's paying attention, how can you take this team seriously after that loss? The only reason I bring this point up is because a lot of weeks, and you see it a lot, these are Chiefs fans that have now gotten dissatisfied with just making the playoffs. And after each loss, fans, you know, to some extent are right for getting upset. I think sometimes maybe Chiefs fans get too upset. But this is the one week, I'll tell you, if they lose to the New York Giants, you are right in getting upset. Because, listen, it, that'd be an inexcusable loss. As a player, I don't, I never really got too high and low off of wins and losses. The only win I caught, cared about was the final one of the season, which had been the Super Bowl, and the only loss was the one that put us out the playoffs. Those are the only two wins and losses. You want to be playing about. in the last day of the season. That's that's the only that's my only focus to get better and better each week to go out there and perform like we're actually practicing and getting better each week, and then to build confidence in each other. And that's what winning does. It builds confidence in, in other teammates and, and what other people are doing. But as far as your own confidence level, I guarantee we have 53 guys that no matter win, lose, or draw against the Giants, they're going to come in next week with the same amount of swagger and, and, and confidence in, in this team as a whole. The fans, I mean, they go up and down with wins and losses. They like to root for a winning team. They like for their team to win. But when it comes to the, what really is the nuts and bolts about the season, it's trying to win a Super Bowl. And if – I mean, if you got to try some different things on a, on a week like this in, 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 in plans of uh, being just a better overall team down the road, then you got to do it. All right. Well, listen, it's the Chiefs and the Giants in New Jersey this coming Sunday, noon, hour ahead time. When we come back, we'll discuss the X's and O's of this game. Don't go anywhere. Summer is here. The sun is out, and so are you. When you go, take along a clever little app called Audible so you can listen to the stories you love while doing the things you love outside. A walk, a run, the pool, or the beach. All better with Audible. For just $14.95 a month, 
you get a credit good for any audiobook from the world's largest selection. If you don't like it, exchange it anytime. So get outdoors with Audible. Start a 30-day trial and your first audiobook is free at audible.com. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride podcast. Pete Sweeney sitting here with Sean Barber and Joel Thorman. We're talking Chiefs and Giants meeting this Sunday in New Jersey at noon. We'll start with the Chiefs offense, the number five offense in the league versus the New York defense, number 31 in the league. We talked about Ben McAdoo in the previous segment. What he likes to do in his press conferences, as I found out yesterday by watching them, is he'll take out his notes and he'll just read what he thinks about the opposing team. Here's McAdoo on the Chiefs offense. Uh, excited to play a 1 o'clock home game. Uh, we're one of the best teams in football. We have a work cut out for us. They're talented, healthy, and coming off of a bye. Offensively, they're well-built. They're versatile, have a lot of firepower. Alex Smith is playing at the highest level at this point. Uh, they feature two college running backs, a wide receiver and Hill and Thomas, that pre- present a challenge. Kelsey is a matchup challenge as well. He's a big basketball player playing tight end. Kareem Hunt is a physical, hungry runner, and all five offensive linemen play tackle in college. How weird is that intro? Does like, the media not know about the Chiefs? So he, so he was reading off of something right there? He'll start. So we'll play the defense in a little bit, but he'll start with the opposing offense. Then he'll go to the opposing defense and then special teams. And it's almost like he's teaching the media about who the Chiefs are. Like the media can watch Chiefs games, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Kelsey, pretty good. <laughs> Basketball <laughs> player playing tight end. Uh, he did give some bullet points. You know, he, he has some things you might not know. He has some things about, you know, wide receivers being converted running backs. All our office line didn't have played tackles, let you know they're very versatile. I mean, he, he found a little different way of uh, presenting it. It's, it's a little cringeworthy watching him. Talk sometimes, isn't it's, it? You know, I'm sure he's a great coach. I just don't know if this guy is a head coach. No, yeah. Like you have people, you know, if you have a job every day, you go to the office, sometimes bosses that get to be the bosses maybe shouldn't be the boss. And, like, I think this is one of the situations. This is a, there's been reports of players quitting on him. It's a Peter principle. You should know this. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ben, that's Ben McAdoo on the Chiefs offense. Sean, I'll start with you on this. What do the Chiefs need to do to get back to that original 5-0 and offense? Well, I mean, first thing they need to do is realize who they're playing against. Um, Steve Spagnuolo, the defense coordinator, he's a quality coordinator. He's a guy who's coached them in a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl winning coordinator with that same New York Giants. So um, him being part of the Andy Reid tree of coaches, um, they are so familiar with each other's um, – there's not going to be a lot of surprise factors. I know that coming off of bye week, we think that Andy's going to revamp the offense. It's going to be these, you know, barrage of, of new plays. I think Andy respects Steve a little bit too much to to go that route. It's going to be back to Kareem Hunt, give him the ball, the break tackles. The, the dream is back. Uh, <laughs> no one nightmare. The nightmare a few weeks is over. It's going to be back to Kareem the dream. Um, just hard-nosed football. I mean, that's what it's going to take for the for the Chiefs to kind of get back on the winning path. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, looking at the Chiefs, like, the one thing they need to do better offensively, run the ball. Like, it feels like one of those games where they're just going to make that a priority, you know, especially if they can get a lead. Andy can do what Andy does and sit back on it and run the ball and let them come back until it's too close, and then you end up really angry at a three-point win. But anyway, go ahead, Pete. <laughs> Joel, Joel is a classic <laughs> Chiefs fan. That's what I love. We got a former player for the inside and a guy who has put up with this team since the early or late nineties, right? Or early to late. 90s. How old do you think I am? The eighties. Yeah. <laughs> Dating back to the eighties. Uh, here is Alex Smith on the Giants' defense. Uh, I mean, they give you a lot to prepare for. Uh, they maybe 
do more than anybody when it comes from a, from a scheme standpoint. Uh, every coverage in the book, they can play it. Every pressure, they they got it. And then some, you know, uh, you got a creative coach that, that can do a lot. And these guys uh, make you prepare for a ton. So we really got to be on the details as, as you get ready for them. Sean, what stuck out to me from Alex's words is he says this is a defense that'll do a lot of different things. I mean, we know they'll be missing some personnel because this is a team littered with injuries, but how difficult does that make it for an offense? Uh, I go back to the coordinator. Steve Spagnola, he's very uh, detailed in what every person's position is supposed to do, every responsibility on each defensive call. But what he does is he allows multiple guys to play that same position. So he'll have a linebacker playing a nickel spot. He'll have a linebacker playing a safety spot. And from a personnel standpoint, you see those personnels come onto the field and you think it's, oh, they're locked into a nickel call or they're locked into a dime call. They'll be playing like a short yardage-based defense out of a out of a nickel or dime. It's almost the opposite of the Chiefs. Yes, yeah, just totally. Yeah, the Chiefs are, are just total polar opposites as far as their defensive scheme and how they execute and, and the responsibilities each player has on every defense. It's funny because it's similar personnel for the Giants, and it worked last year, and it hasn't worked this year. Why, what, why the change, do you think? One thing, effort. Effort. You can't, you can't coach guys that play the way Janoris Jenkins and, and Paul and some of the guys. The lack of effort is uncoachable. You cannot coach that. No matter who you are, no matter how talented the defense is, if they don't give you high effort, if guys don't um, attack their responsibilities with the right mind frame, you give up big play after big play. And that's why they're the 31st ranked defense right now. Some guys stand out for this team, Landon Collins, cornerbacks, Janoris Jenkins and Eli Apple. We already talked about Jenkins a little bit. Some guys who are good who may not play in this game, Jason Pierre-Paul and Damon Harrison on the line. I was going to have a whole conversation about Harrison, but it looks like he's not even going to play in this game. And that's the difference between the Chiefs and the Giants. The Chiefs have a lot to play for right now. If you even have a question of an injury, you're not even going to play some of your stars because why have them injured for next year? And also there's that thing called the NFL draft where maybe you hold some of these players back. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like we, we've been talking, if you're, you know, only won one or two games, uh, three quarters of the way through the season, you know, I don't, I don't think there's like anything that, you know, changes your effort or motivation. You know, Sean was saying that a lot of this is like effort related. Like, I don't think that's going to get better in week 11 versus like week six. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is a defense already struggling. They may be missing some of their stars. Like I said, uh, on defense, I mean, Pierre Paul and Damon Harrison, Alex is going to have some time, and that's going to be trouble when you have guys like Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill to throw to. I do want to talk about Damon Harrison's nickname, his nickname Snacks, even though he might not play. I did have a segment written in here, best nickname, Snacks, Barbershop, or the Blogfather. I'll turn it to you guys. Well, clearly I like the Barbershop. (laughs) (laughs) Which, the Barbershop, I don't know when Sean first said it, when we first started doing this. I thought that's the perfect uh, nickname to pair uh, with your name, so much so that I've started – privately telling my friends to call me Joel the Barbershop Thorman. <laughs> just steal it right from you. Pull the rug right out from under you. Just complete identity. That's right cool. That's cool. I mean, Snacks is just not a unique name. For, I've played with, I think, three different defensive linemen who actually been named Snacks. What? Before. Are you yeah. kidding? And probably four or five I go back to college. Is it all because they love Snacks? It, it, I mean, their body shape. You know, if you look like a ding-dong, if you look like a ho-ho, or, or, you know, like a uh, Twinkie, if you look like, if you look like one of the snacks you eat, the snacks kind of goes along with the name. That's how Nacho uh, Raheem Nunez Roches got his nickname. Dontari Posam at training camp eating nachos. Boom, Nacho. Nacho, Nacho Roches. Final word on uh, this side of the football: Chiefs offense versus the New York defense, Sean. I mean, I, I give the the New York defense a chance. Um, 
what I'm thinking you're going to see is you're going to see some young guys play. You're going to see that next man up. You know, Pierre Paul is probably going to be out. You'll see some guys we don't even know about. And when you have that 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 new blood in there, you're not going to worry about effort. You're not going to have to worry about responsibility. Those guys, they're going to play their responsibility. And they're going to play at a very high level. What you might see is uh, Steve Spagnuolo has to dumb down the defense. Some of these um, uh, exotic calls and these exotic formations and stuff, he might have to just go back to this basic up-in-your-face defense, just pressing them at the line. Um, <laughs> is it time I mean, to bet the house on the Chiefs? I, I mean, I'm just saying, I, I, I think it, with nothing to lose, I want to see if, my, if yeah. some young guys going to just go out there and play. And so I'm not going to have them worried about shifting and motioning and, 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 and going back and forth. I'm just going to have them line up and want to see them I mean, just get dirty. This challenge the Chiefs, um, and I think that's what you're going to tap see. into your inner Christina Aguilera early on in the in the, in the game. If we, if we see that that line of scrimmage, that defensive line of scrimmage, if we see them in our backfield a lot, that's going to be a long day for the Chiefs. If we start taking advantage early, then by the second half, they'll lay down. So it yeah. comes down to the line of scrimmage. All right, let's flip the switch now. Chiefs defense number thirty, yikes, versus the New York offense number twenty-five, double yikes. Here's our boy McAdoo on the Chiefs D. Defensively, they're built around an attacking style. They like to get after the quarterback and create turnovers. Houston and Ford have combined for uh, 58 and a half sacks in four years. And their interior defensive line is talented as well, with Benny Logan, the former Eagle, leading the way. Jones is an impressive athlete inside with the ability uh, to wreck a game. Peters uh, is a talented corner. And all three safeties see a ton of action. They play a lot of defensive backs. You know, I like Ben's research skills. After this year, when he's on the unemployment line, maybe we add a fourth seat to the table, bring him to Kansas City, another guy on the Arrowhead Pride he, podcast. He definitely has a future as a uh, in the world of scouting. There's a job called advanced scouting. You go out and advanced scout the team. It sounds like he's reading the notes exactly verbatim off of his advanced scout. Like just. And why would you do that? Hey, man, just not to be incorrect. You know? yeah. Like, this guy's been studying film. I'm just Tom Brady, him. pretty good player, will make mistakes. <laughs> so, Sean, we know the Chiefs' D has the talent, but at number 30 in the league, what needs to change against the Giants this week? Oh, uh, Number one thing, just consistency. Um, you, ha- you have to be very consistent in your, uh, in your, in your run fits. To, I mean, the Chiefs have given up probably more big plays. I think it's only two teams in the league who's given up more big plays than the Chiefs so far this season. And the way to stop the big plays is the guys to be consistently in their spots. you got to be with, with the right leverage on the ball. When we have a robber help or we have middle help, if you're in the secondary, you have to use your help. You can't just go play everybody like straight up man-to-man. You have to, you have to play the, uh, the leverage of the defense. And when it comes to the run game, like I said, it's those run fits. It's, it's small nuances where if you're supposed to be in a C-gap, you got to stay in a C-gap. You can't bust a gap just trying to run to the ball and leave a cutback lane. Does bye week help with that stuff? It does. It, it lets you actually go back and do a lot of self-evaluation. So what I imagine is that the team went back and watched some of the big plays. All I think it was 92, 92 or 95 big plays have been given up in these uh, first nine weeks. Look at every play and, 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 and single out exactly where each play broke down and how we could have stopped that big play from happening. There's only one or two things. There's very small little details that give up these big plays week in and week out. Get to the quarterback, man. Uh, make Eli uncomfortable, and he's going to turn it over. I think he only has, like, what, seven picks or something like that this year. Like, Eli's a 20-pick-a-season guy. It's a big tri- tip drill guy. Yeah. Just tip that ball. I know. I know. But He always has been for some reason. I, I, I can just, like, envision Like, when I think of Eli, I think of him getting, like, you know, pressured and flustered and throwing an awful pick. Honestly, that's, like, the first thing that comes to my mind. So Chiefs are capable of doing that, especially with some of the O-line injuries in New York. Giants. As you mentioned, 
They have some weapons, but they're decimated right now with injuries. Beckham Jr., obviously out for the year. He's not only one of the best skill position players on the Giants, but maybe in the league. That's a huge loss. Brandon Marshall. Uh, Sterling Shepard is their guy now. Last game he had 13 targets. Also tight end Evan Agram with nine targets. But the O-line is where they may hurt the most. Right tackle Justin Pugh uh, injured his back last game out indefinitely. DJ Fluker now playing through some injuries. That's the right side of that line, which means Justin Houston is going to eat. He should. He absolutely should. He's got seven and a half sacks so far this season. I he, think I'm, I'm going to be great. I mean, I, I'm going to be a little crazy here. I think he has four sacks in this game. He should. He absolutely should. You're going against the backup tackle. Uh, he was on the injury report a couple weeks before, a couple times before the bye. So he's had that rest. Um, hopefully he's taken advantage of it. Man, everything on paper says Houston should have a big day. And a good point about that is as of Wednesday, he was not on the injury report. So when you're on the injury report and you're limited and things like that, that means you're receiving treatment. Chiefs said, okay, Houston no longer needs treatments. So that's a great sign. Oh, definitely. I mean, we just got to – everybody has to go back to their fundamentals, right? You got to have Houston coming off hard. You have to have the D-line smushing and, and, and constricting that pocket. Um, if we're blitzing a lot this game, that's that's a negative for us. It's no reason to blitz this offense. They don't have an offense line that can stop your front four. Um, drop seven in the coverage, eight sometime. And just let your, your guys up front, just let them go eat. Just let them, you know, just smell, smell a little blood in the water and let's go eat. Now – on the left side, Eric Flowers, their left tackle. I watched him in the beginning of the year, not like I'm a technique master, but he had no leverage on some of these opposing defensive linemen. And then now he hasn't allowed a sack since week two, 282 pass blocking snaps. And what are your expectations with that against Tom Bahali and Frank Zombo, who's just kind of like a run defense guy? Well, I think if we're smart with us, we'll bring pressure from the opposite side. Um, Flowers is the best of their two Let's right now. The side. We'll just bring the pressure from the side mm-hmm. this week. Um, and definitely just up the middle, you know, like the way to, to really get in Eli's face is just the, 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 you want that pressure to really be where he can see it. Um, him getting hit after he released the ball, he kind of shrugs that off and he's able to still make the throw. But when, when the pressure comes right in his face and doesn't let him step up, um, that's when it starts to bother him late in the game. And you start seeing him uh, sail passes a little bit high because he's feeling that pressure that you created so much earlier. I'll admit that uh, Tomba, I thought, looked a little bit better than I thought he would against Explosive. the Cowboys. Explosive. Yeah, like he, he, was, he was a half second behind on a few of those, so honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if he got there this week. I think the big thing about Tomba that I saw when watching him last game is he had the ability to just still bend his body, which I didn't think would be there. I would have figured he'd be a little bit more stiff, but he clearly has been working out since the beginning of the season. Yeah, flexibility has never been his problem. That's one. I mean, he, he, he is a, a weight room junkie. He's always been in there. Whether he's on the field or not, um, he's kept his body in, in pristine shape, and I think he showed it against the Cowboys. He's still able to do what Tomba does, is be very consistent coming off that edge. He's going to be a consistent presence, and Flowers, going. he'll have a rough day um, dealing with, with Tomba's um, his motor. Other thing to note is the Giants tend to pass a lot because, frankly, they've been down a lot this year. 333 passes to 198 team carries. 81 of those carries, which leads the Giants, have gone to Arlene's Darqua. Here is what he had to say about the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, they've, had, they've gotten exposed in some areas uh, as far as, you know, I, I think a, a good game I watched was Houston. Uh, so they've had some... Uh, you know things here and there, but at the end of the day, we can't take them away. You know they they they're pretty uh stout everywhere around. You know their their safeties come down and hit. You know and like I said, fifty six is around the ball everywhere and commands that defense. So it's going to be a tough task, but I think we're up for it. 
Orleans must have been watching the end of Houston because I thought they yeah. played pretty good in that game. <laughs> that was garbage time. Deshaun Watson just getting up like three fourth quarter touchdowns. Sometimes when a reporter asks a question, I mean, just whatever the most recent thing popped in your mind, you just say it. Whether it's true or not, you don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I watched Houston. Get this guy so. away from my locker, please. <laughs> Sean, final word about the Chiefs D. Um, you know, like it goes back to you saying it's Darkwa. If if we can stop him, um, make him make the, the Giants one dimensional, um, try to let Eli and, and um Double E, Evan and Sterling, um, try to beat us. That those, you know, those three guys. I think our our, our pass defense. Uh, we have guys that can cover those guys all day. Um, overall, I think we just need to make it a very physical game up front, both sides of the line. Whether it's defense, offense, our D line and O line have to take over the game early. You can't give a team like the Giants any kind of hope. You know, crush their spirits from the start of the game. Come out second half. Third quarter, crush your spirits some more, and then let's go ahead and go man, party in New York. <laughs> yeah, and this is a huge opportunity for the Chiefs. I mean, get back on track, you yeah. know. All right, well, it's the Chiefs and the Giants this Sunday, noon hour ahead time. When we come back, we'll get real M and Chiefs fan on the phone for our prediction segments, and we'll read your tweets. Stay with us. Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at Amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. Hi, I'm Mark from Marinda Safeway. We offer great savings on groceries, but did you know we also offer savings at the pump? Earn 10 cents off per gallon when you spend $100 at Safeway stores. Enter your phone number or swipe your club card at the register and earn points. Redeem your rewards at participating Chevron, Texaco, and Safeway gas stations. Maximum gas reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is 20 cents per gallon and $1 per gallon at Safeway stations in a single fill-up, up to 25 gallons. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details at Safeway.com forward slash reward. This is Mark from Marinda Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride podcast. Pete Sweeney here with Sean Barber, Joel Thorman, and real MN Chiefs fan Seth Kaiser on the line. We're doing the predictions. It's the Chiefs and the Giants this Sunday at noon. Sean, you're back. We'll start with you. Definitely. First up, um, I see it's going to be a a pretty easy win. I think the Chiefs are going to go up early, come out second half, get up even further. Um, I see the the game pretty much being about a 33-17 game going late into the fourth quarter. They're going to give up a touchdown late with – you know, playing that bend, don't break defense, prevent defense. Ending score is going to be 33-24. So if you're in Vegas, you need to take the G-men plus the 10 and a half. Look at you. Very nice. Go ahead. I'll go with 28-17 Chiefs. Uh, Vegas knows what they're talking about, 11-point line. You know, the, the it's, it's just hard to find uh, where the Giants could win this game, where they have the advantage. I think just too much for the Chiefs would have to go wrong. So 28-17 Chiefs. For me, this is all about who are the Chiefs. If this is the New England Patriots, a New Orleans Saints coming into this game, they win by 17, 21 points. Do that. Prove you're an elite team. I think they do. I got 38 to 14 Kansas City Chiefs. I think it's a big win in New York. Seth? Uh, I'm going to go along the same lines as a lot of what you guys are saying. I'm going to go with 30 to 13. Um, I've, I've spent enough time studying the, the defense on film the last few days over the bye week, especially to convince myself that it's better than it's been. And so I, I think that, I think you're going to see them get back on track a little bit. 
Uh, defensively, I think you're going to see the offense come out firing. Uh, the Giants are just not a good team. I didn't know that Snacks was hurt, and that's a big deal. He's a fantastic player, and so no one likes it without Snacks. You know what I mean? <laughs> no one likes to live that way, and so I, I just see the Chiefs with a big win here. And and I, I'm going to actually. I've been listening today, by the way. You guys have been doing a good job. Um, I, you know, Pete, I heard what you said that if this is a game that they lose, this is where it becomes officially okay. It has the, 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 the Minnesota Chiefs fan stamp of approval to start to panic a little bit. Right. Or maybe even a lot because they should not lose to a team like this. You made a good point. Great teams. No, I feel the same way. Giants. Well, and maybe the most obvious prediction of the year, four guys picking the Chiefs this Sunday. All right, Seth, well. You know what time it is. It's advice time. What do you got for us this week? You know, I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking a different approach. I've been giving so much lawyerly advice lately. I'm going to give pastoral advice today. Oh, I like that. Because I'm a man who wears many hats. Tap into the spirit, spiritual part of the uh, Chiefs. Yes, kingdom. yes. Well, well, well in, in, the, in the effort to be inclusive, we'll go more towards marital advice. Mm, I'm from a pastoral viewpoint. Men, when your wife says she has a problem, she doesn't want you to solve it. She wants you to listen. Unless that problem is that she's hungry. Then she wants you to solve it immediately. <laughs> well, you can write that down. That's fantastic advice. What is your, what's your go-to meal for Mrs. Real MN Cheese Fan? Oh, you know, Mrs. Minnesota Cheese Fan, it varies over the years and whether or not she's pregnant, which she usually is. <laughs> um, but, but a go-to, a go-to thing Humble for brag. her, brownies. Brownies just... Throw some brownies at her, and things will probably be okay. Mm, well, there you go. You can only find this kind of information on the Hourhead Pride podcast. <laughs> Seth, thank you, as always, for joining us. Yep. Yep. Thanks, thanks, guys. Talk to you later. No doubt. I'm going to follow it up, man. Here locally, my go-to meal for my wife is Shroud's Chicken Noodle Soup. Oh, wow. It's a, it's a beast, dog. Like, like, is this a thing? Joel, do you have a go-to meal for your wife? Um, no. Probably some Italian from Bellinopoly in Brookside. Bellinopoly. But I don't know if that's a go-to. Out, that's just one of outsourcing. That's, a, that's, that's oh, yeah. Efficient, oh, yeah. efficiency at its finest. I can't even make my own pasta. <laughs> I'm hopeless. <laughs> Guys, it's time for another one of our favorite segments. It's reading your tweets. We reach out to the Chiefs Kingdom, and we get some uh, tweets to read. We'll start with our guy, Neil Davidson, at Neil or something. I don't even know what those letters mean. What's the number one thing you want to see from the Chiefs coming out of the bye? Kareem the dream being a dream again. I mean, really focusing on that run game. Um, take advantage of the fact that Snacks and JPP is not there. Um, if they have some young guys, some different guys in there, um, our offensive line with, with Mitch Morris being back in there, and just, just taking advantage of the game, each drive, eating up clock, and just making it just a one-sided affair. The run game's a close, uh, close second for me. First for me would be the pass rush on defense. Um, I just want them to obliterate Eli and the Giants. Uh, they on, on paper, they should, and let's actually do it this time. I think I would like to see some better right cornerback play because I think that's going to be the key for the Chiefs to go far in the playoffs when they are finally playing decent team, teams again. They're going to look real good, I think, in this next stretch because they're playing teams that are not going to be making the playoffs, but that still needs to be shored up, and I think if they can do that, you never know what can happen in the playoffs. Next tweet from Don Beal, at Don Beal 32 Do you think we see Daddy soon? We already kind of answered that. We said no. When will we see Mitchell? How much of an impact do we see Robinson making the rest of the season? So when will we see Mitchell? Let's start with that one. 
I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping in the next few weeks. I think um, uh, Mitchell is going to be a guy who um, gets kind of mixed back in. Um, took a couple weeks off, let him see what's going on. Um, Andy Reid said it, you know, he just kind of let him get his confidence back, let him get back to playing the way he did the first couple of weeks when he, I think he was playing very well for the defense. As far as Robinson, man, like Robinson is one of my, I mean, I consider him a breakout receiver. I consider him a guy pretty much on the same level I do as um, Aguilar for the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, he's that slot receiver. He's that guy in Andy Reid's offense who should be making big plays uh, with almost 10 targets every week. So I hope to see Robin, D-Rob making some big plays here in the next few weeks. Joe, first Mitchell, then Robinson. Uh, Terrence Mitchell. Um, yeah, I, I tend to think they will eventually go back to him. They spent the entire offseason with him as their uh, number two corner. Um, so I think, you know, at some point in the second half of the season, I do think they're going to go uh, back to him. But, you know, we'll see. If, if Acker continues to play well, um, then, you know, they're obviously not going to make any – make any moves there demarcus robinson time to uh, time to produce it's it's set up well for him he sure looks the part he's had some opportunities whether alex misses him misses him or he drops it whatever just uh time to start producing i agree with you guys especially on the mitchell points as far as robinson goes you're right i think at the beginning you can make excuses oh he's not getting the opportunities now that you're getting some real game reps it's time to step up you know are you a player or are you just a guy i think yeah. that's that's scout speak but it's true you know are you going to be are you going to be an asset for this team next question from ronwell dobbs sean this is one's directly for you at yeah. ronnie dobbs kc sean comma linebacker expert wow look at you yeah there you go he's setting you up he's, no, he's no, about he, to knock you no, down no, no, no. ron dobbs he knows me personally oh, oh okay uh, I'm just joking, but to call, oh. me a, <laughs> to call me a linebacker expert, he must know me personally, yeah. Sean, linebacker expert, why no Rameek? Was he not good? What's going on? I mean, the proof's in the pudding, right? I mean, if you're a player, you make big plays on a big stage. Um, if if you're not getting in there and you're not making big plays, and they, they, they keep moving. They keep trying to find ways. Like we can't, It's like making butter. you got to keep churning it. you got to keep churning it defensively, as the season goes on, if you're in there and you're getting snaps and you're not making plays, you look at the stat line. If if you're not if you're not helping the defense win, then you're not you got to evolve. You got to continue to put guys in there and put them in position to make plays. Uh, Ramiga just I mean, when he's in there, he's a solid guy. He's just I mean he's not making big plays for the defense, and I think they just continue to try new people. Um, and you know they've always been big on the source and package to go on big safeties, putting the safety in the box instead of, and that works better with the the, the way the um, opponents have been. You know, everybody goes three wide outs, four wide outs. It's just a more of a passing league. I mean, we probably will see a lot more of that this game. You probably won't see a lot of Ramik this game. I'll take a step further in this. If they do activate Daddy, is Ramik the guy that goes? I mean, probably just because of the Giants. They're gonna Giants are a pass happy offense, and so you know, bringing extra linebackers in who aren't pass specialists it, uh, is is just not a way to um, you know. It's like I said, it's not a really an evolution of the of the defense. So. I see the safeties playing a lot more in the box like they've been doing. All right, next tweet from Nate James at Nader P. Not worried about the Chiefs winning this weekend, but what do you think about the Titans beating Pittsburgh and Oakland beating New England? And even though I never want Oakland to win, I think it's in our best interest if they do this weekend. Uh, Joel, I'll start with you on this. Oakland's not beating New England, so you can forget about that. Uh, but the Steelers can play down to the competition. They almost so, lost to the Colts last week. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would not be surprised at all if that's um, – I think that's in Pittsburgh, though, so I'm probably going to side with the Steelers. In fact, I did on my weekly picks. Um, but I think that can easily be a game. So that's your best bet, Titans beating Steelers. There's no way uh, the Raiders are rising to the occasion. The Titans-Steelers game is actually tonight. 
Yes. So uh, Titans at Steelers. I will call the upset. The Titans will upset the Steelers. Um, Mariota looks a little better, bit the, better this year, doesn't I he? I like him, and I like. I, I think that you're going to see one of these um, breakout games from Delaney Walker. I think he's been kind of quietly just, 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 just going about his business. Awesome, awesome um, at the tight end position. He's going to attack the safeties for the Steelers, and with uh, uh, Mitchell not being there for the Steelers, I think they just keep going to Delaney Walker. I think he scores two touchdowns, 150 yards receiving. Sounds like a guy who has uh, him on his fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus Mariota, Mariota goes for three touchdowns, even one rushing. Yeah, this this is going to be one of those those when the Steelers got beat by Jacksonville type games. It's going to happen to Tennessee. I don't think the Steelers are as good as we thought they were, even though they beat the Chiefs. And sorry to say that. Their ceiling's just higher or just as high. Right. I think it's the difference. I think the Titans win the game, too. I think that's a good upset call. As far as Oakland and New England, I don't care about jinxes. Sorry. I know there's a lot of Arrowhead Pride heads that do. This division's over. Yeah. The division is over. So root for Oakland. I mean, if you really want to buy, it's not going to happen, but root for Oakland. Uh, Lou, at Lou McGopher. This is a guy I've seen a lot. Are we going to go back into panic mode when we beat the Giants by less than 10? I think definitely. Yeah. No, I th- <laughs> if that happens, yes. This could absolutely be one of those games where the Chiefs win, move to 7-3, and three, and the fans are feeling almost like they did after the Cowboys game. And there's really there's well the Broncos game because that yeah. was the, yeah the Broncos game that's that was right. the win they and won. they were still freaking out yeah and and uh, there's not going to be any game this season that can really slow that down because even if you run the table seven and zero like you were supposed to beat all these teams you were the Vegas favorite the one in all that these you were games. worried about is perhaps the Bills and now that they're starting a guy who has no previous time a previous experience now you expect to win that game too so you're right like even a perfect record unless you're dominating. You're not gonna have a ton of confidence going into the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think don't worry about the score. Don't worry about the the, the winning margin. Let, let's focus on if, if the rushing yards over 150, passing over 250. If we win the turnover margin and then the time of possession, if that's plus five minutes for the Chiefs, don't even worry about the score. That's winning football. We move on to the next week and to the Buffalo Bills. On to the next one. On to the next. Last tweet, Brendan Downey, Chiefs Hydra. I thought this was the most interesting one, so I saved it for last. How much time will Patrick Mahomes get to play? I say he gets the entire fourth quarter. Oh. Interesting point, because if the Chiefs are winning this game by 24, 21, 28 points, do you take <laughs> Alex Smith out? Uh, no, I think they're going to play Alex Smith um, every minute. Uh, even when Chase Daniel was here, like he did not get in very often. He would get one or two drives in the fourth quarter. I do remember that as well. Yeah, so um, I, I just don't see, and this is a different situation where the fans are, you know, in, Andy Reid's conscious of the fans going too crazy over the rookie quarterback, I think. Um, I don't think he gets in at all, and I think that's fine. I don't think you're going to learn that much from, you know, a fourth quarter garbage time <laughs> game. see? Would you rather see Tyler Bray in there? Because that would make more sense to me almost. I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess so. I mean, just to me, it's like a drive in the fourth quarter. It'd be, it'd be kind of cool, but it doesn't actually like mean anything. And, so, thing, and I think the thing, too, that you got to remember is if Patrick Mahomes or Tyler Bray is in the game, they're going to be running the football. Sharkhandrick West will be in the game, too. Akeem Hunt will be in the game, too, and they'll be running the clock out. You don't think Big Red can't help himself to line one up, send Tyreek back in, and just say, <laughs> let's do this thing? You can't. You can't. You can't. Because, God forbid, you do a play-action pass, and Mahomes hits Tyreek 80 yards down the field like in stride. It's just be a nightmare. Yeah. It'd be a nightmare. And, and Andy Reid, if there's anyone who's oversensitive about that type of stuff, Andy trust me, formerchiefs.com, it's Andy Reid. Um, I'm going with zero plays. I mean, you always prepare. They're going to prepare for him to take over in case something happens. You know, concussion, small injury, 
um, blowout. They're, they're prepared for that, but I don't think this game is going to end up being a, a, a completely blowout where you have a whole quarter of just handing the ball off to. That'd be ideal, but it's just very unchiefly. It, it's very unchiefly, and I think that you, you have to respect the Giants because of Sterling and because of um, even Evan Ingram. Um, <laughs> they they have enough weapons that if you give them a full quarter of four possessions, if you're not up by 28 points, um, you don't want to make it close. So I think that Alex Smith stays in there, uh, whether, you, whether they hand the ball off and do some conservative stuff later in the game. Um, zero snaps for my man Mahomes. I think we're all in agreement. Well, that's it. Any final words from you guys before we go out? Go out. You want to plug your Twitter, Sean? We got to get you to a thousand followers. Yeah, man. We're gonna try to hit a G ball. Let's hit a G ball before the end of the month. Um, that'll, that'll make my Thanksgiving. I'll have a good turkey day. Gobble gobble. Let me know. What do y'all think? Pecan pie, sweet potato pie, pumpkin pie. You gotta plug the. You gotta plug the username. Oh, at Sean Barber five nine. Pecan pie. No. I think is the answer there. No, Without pie. question, pecan pecan pie is easily the best. Pecan pie. Okay, let's just. Have Pumpkin's a, just kind of the, there. Pumpkin Pumpkin's pie, just a guy. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Pumpkin pie is gross. <laughs> Com- when, I mean, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's gross. Like I can't eat it. But when you compare it to cherry pie, blueberry pie, pecan pie, apple pie with like little ice cream, it's not even close. No, yeah. It's not it's, even close with all of those pie. It's like fifth, maybe. Yeah. Pumpkin pie's along for the ride. I'm, I'm, I'm a sweet potato guy. I'm a sweet potato pie guy. Never had it. If you're in if you're in Kansas City, that would be known probably as maybe like a Dixie pie. If you're a Toppins guy, that's a, they have a Dixon, a Dixie. I don't know either of those words. Well, yeah, go out a little bit. All right, go to the hen house. You know, I like to stay in the inside at all times. Make it out once in a while, Pete. <laughs> you ever been to Hy-Vee? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. It's the Kansas City Chiefs visiting the New York Giants on Sunday. We'll have all the coverage at OurHeadPride.com, game recap, the new article, the good, the bad, and the ugly I've been writing. It's kind of an enjoyable way to do it. Uh, it should be fun. We'll have a post-game Facebook Live. We'll get back to that. And then next week, the schedule will change a little bit. We might end up doing the show on Tuesday or Wednesday because of Thanksgiving. Stay tuned to Twitter on that. You can follow me at, at @pgsween at SeanBarber59. Of course, follow at OurHeadPride. And that's it. This has been the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. We thank you for listening in. Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.